pelota que se extiende, el bofo que la pelea, aquí aguanta Bautista, el disparo, golazo, golazo. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Carlos Fierro Show. Wait, no, the Cuba del Norte Show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, today I'm with uh, Flo and Rigo. How are you guys doing? I'm good, good man. How are you? Glad to be back. Hey, I'm so I'm pumped. Guys, I'm glad you guys actually invited me again. <laughs> yeah, man. So pumped from last night. I think we all are. I think I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lacking a little bit of sleep from staying up so late watching all the fucking post games. So. Yeah, lots of, uh, lots of Fierro coverage, lots of Chivas coverage. Fun night. Yeah, man. I, I I watched ESPN and I was listening to all the hot takes from fucking Alvaro Morales. I don't know why I do to myself, but I do. <laughs> yeah, that guy's that guy's nuts. All right, let's get into it. Start off with uh, the starting lineup for Chivas. At goal, we came out with Cota, backline, we had Sanchez, Salcido, Alanis. And um, Hernandez, Alice, Aris. We got uh, Chofis, Perez, Vasquez, and Fierro in the midfield. And up top, we had um, Saldivar and Pulido. So when you guys saw that, what's like the two, two things, three things that popped out at you? Immediately, for me, it was Salcido starting again. Yeah. Over Pereira. And Fierro starting. Um, but I mean, I, I I I didn't hate Fierro starting. I just hated that Pineda wasn't in. Yeah. Like, cause I I feel like Fierro, you know, he provides a little bit of depth up whatever wing he's on. So I didn't mind him playing. It was just like, okay, but you're not gonna play Pineda, and that. Like, takes away a lot from like the middle, um, so that was a little strange to me. I don't know, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I was surprised to see Ogolin not starting. Um, he's he's so good out of that midfield. He'll he'll go on those deep runs every single game. He'll just cause havoc all by himself. So I mean, I haven't been the biggest fan of Fierro. Um, so I was a little surprised to see him start, but you know he uh, he uh, definitely uh, proved me wrong on this game. Yeah, going into the game, you know, I think I've said a, a couple of times on the podcast that Fierro is like the the Copa MX guy, but if you throw him in the Liga, he's um, he doesn't do much. But last night, definitely proved everybody wrong. Yeah, I think I mean, before last night, he hadn't scored a goal all year in the, in the league. Yeah, not in the league. I mean, even like 45 minutes into the game, I was still like, "What is? What? Why is Seattle still in?" I mean, so we just get into the game now. Oh, yes, I'm talking about the lineup. No, no, we can jump. Let's jump to the first half of the game. First, uh, I, uh, 25, 30 minutes. I mean, it just seemed like. Was what it seemed like? What I was playing with, like five five man backs. Yeah, they at some point at points it even looked like they had six in the back. Yeah, that's how deep they were playing. Back and 
pretty much just one on top, and I'm going to be like, probably like a 5-4-1, and they just seem to neutralize every space available for the team. Like, they weren't allowing him to do anything. I think at one point, Carlos Alcido had the ball past midfield, and he just drops it all the way back to Cota because, like, there was no space up front. There's nothing they could do. Um, and uh, it just... I'm like, if they continue that organized, then I don't see, you know, Chivas ever coming back from this. It just... We, we couldn't do anything. Everybody was off. The passing was off. Um... We seem to be really like struggling to put passes together to take players on. Um, the yeah. I mean, they had to resort to the to the long shot. Like yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I really like Bolito taking those long shots. Um, one of them, you know, was on target and was pretty dangerous. And who was I think? Uh, Hernandez also took a long shot in the first half. Aris, yeah, Bolito took yeah. two. Cello took, I think, one. But they had to resort to that because they, they weren't getting through Puebla. No, yeah, they but Puebla was completely stopping the wing play. Yeah, they neutralized um, um, Chofis and, and they neutralized Fierro. And with um, with uh, Noah Orbelin, you really didn't have anybody in the middle. Like, Bolito was dropping back, but, you know, that's not... You know, you had no, you had no, you really had nobody in between like Michael Perez and Pulido that was that was connecting them, and or that was gonna sit sit there and take players on. Um, yeah, that's why you need to get in there and take those players on. Um, and then at one point, at one point he switches trophies and Fierro from like on either wing. I, I don't know if it was because, you know, he saw something that, that a team was allowing or a team wasn't allowing, uh, but it didn't seem like it worked either. Like, Puebla was just really organized in that first half, like completely organized. Um, yeah. It didn't, it, it didn't, it, to me, it, it looked like, um, like within the first five minutes we got, um, you don't get that yellow. And I remember pointing it out on Twitter. I'm like, oh, this is fucking going to be... I'm like, this is great. Like, our, our center defensive myth gets a yellow five minutes into the game. Um, and it proves to be, like, important down the line. Um, so I think that I think that was a key moment early on in the game. Like, you, you get a, a foul so early. And it was a dumb foul, too. It wasn't even, like, like a smart foul or anything like that. Yeah, it was um, just because, um, I mean, Puebla came out you know, planning to park the bus and relying on the counter. And um, Alexis Canelo looked dangerous the whole game. I think it was him that Gaito fouled. Uh, yeah, 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 it was him that he fouled. It's just because he was running past all these guys. He was running past Salcido, running past Gaito. Yeah, he was burning Salcido every time. And and Alanis, too. Like, they were both getting burned. Um, see, in that aspect, I'm like, okay, if... Pereira was in, he was going to get burned, too. Like, as long as he wasn't going to get burned. Um, and Francisco didn't play a bad game or anything. I just I just feel like Pereira should be starting. Like, that, he's younger, he should be starting. Um, and he's he had, there hasn't been a reason for him not to play, aside from that red card. Um, 
But then we also had the issue like right in the beginning of the game where who was it? Was it Alanis or or Chapo Sanchez passes the ball back to Cota? Oh yeah. And down the running. line. Mm-hmm. And like Cota's like trying to like play it out the back and um he kicks it back to the middle of the field. Yeah, and who was the, the striker? Was striker's name for Puebla? Uh, Canelo, Alexis. Canelo, Canelo, Canelo almost bodies him off the ball. Um, and he was he, he's able to get away down by the by the corner by the, by, the, by the line, and he kicks it and it lands right on a fucking on a on a Puebla player's like leg, and we got lucky there that he that they didn't score right there that early in the game. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't clear the ball into the stands and just run back. Or just, or just kick it out. Yeah, you, you were right there. You just kick yeah. it out. Because you're, yeah. you're, at, you're at home. The ball boy's going to wait till, um you get back so to you your get, goal. So you, so you get back to your goal. Yeah, the ball boy's not going to give him the ball right away. The, you know, you're playing in Chiba Stadium. They know, you know, the ball boys know, you know, you don't give the ball to the other team right away. You make them wait. Yeah, Cota definitely got away with one there. I remember watching it, and I was like, okay, okay, he's going to kick it out. He, he got a little bit of space. And then he, like, just kicks it to the middle of the field. I'm like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> it, was, it was bad. We definitely got lucky. Yeah, I think Salcido was back there to try to clear something off the line, but if he would have been something on target, he probably would have had trouble with it. Also, I feel like, look, look at, like the, the def- defenders are, like, passing the ball back to the goalie, like, too aggressively and, and putting them in compromised situations. I mean, like, the same thing happened midweek with Jimenez. Um, it, there's been other instances where, where Cota gets the ball on, on like, gets a, receives the ball back and it's just, like, way too aggressive and it bounces off his foot. And the opponent's striker is, like, right on top of him again. So I don't know if that's something they need to work on. But... You know, there was that. There was the the, the, the foul, which was which was ended up being important. And then uh, was it, it was about twenty five minutes into the game, right? Where it was a corner kick. Oh no, it was a counter attack. Yeah, it was a counter attack that um. So the Puebla player crossed the ball into the to the box, and they took a deflection off um. I, I believe it was Aris Hernandez's foot, that kind of made the ball. A close, a close cross, and not a, like a wide, a wider cross, and the two defenders kind of just fell asleep. Cota fell asleep, and then Gonzalez just comes in to knock it into the back of the net. I don't think that was like Puebla. I just at that point we had been dominating the game. Puebla was just aiming for the counter, and they got lucky. Yeah, even when when. Cota was coming out to try and stop him. I thought, I thought Cota was going to stop him. Yeah, um, he came out just a little too late. He like, just, by he the just time yeah, he, reacted. he just he barely touched it over him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once they scored the goal, I'm like, damn, they're going to... If they were parking the bus before, I mean, I don't, I don't know what they're about to do now. They're about to camp this shit right now because they weren't, they weren't budging at all. Um, like there, 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 there was just no space, nobody. I mean, um, Trophies was off, like for most of the Trophy, game. Trophies Trophy was, was Trophy gave the ball away very poorly a few times in the first half. Yeah. 
I wasn't surprised that he got subbed out the half. He he did not have a good first half at all. No, he didn't. He did not have a good. He did not have a good first half. Um, I was. I'm so upset about that substitution, but he did not have a good first half. Um, Chapo Chapo Sanchez didn't have a good first half. Like we just we just we, we just weren't connecting on any passes. Like we'd get a like like Chivas would get a pass, like they would receive it and the ball would let it bounce off their foot. And by the time like they were about to recover from that initial bounce the ball took, they already had like one or two Puebla guys on top of them. And and they were just losing balls left and right. It didn't, it just didn't seem like there was an answer. Uh, it didn't seem like there was. I mean, Orbelin was on the bench, but it just didn't seem like there was an answer on that bench either. Yeah, it was just it was a bad first half. Everybody was all It was a bad first half. And then that, that corner kick Bad man marking, like But yeah, bad man marking where where Duane scores the goal. And, and now we're down two zero. Two nil going into the half. Yeah. Which is which is the most deceptive scoreline in soccer. Yeah. Uh but even still, I'm like I'm not I wasn't seeing anything from Chivas. Like, Puebla was just not allowing them to do anything. Yeah, so. so then we went into the second half. You know, Matias gave the team some of uh, Mike's magic stuff. <laughs> and then uh, the substitutions were uh, Orbelin came on for Alanis, which uh, I think we all we all saw Orbelin coming on, but not necessarily for uh, Alanis. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Calderon came on for Chuffies, and I know that uh, Rigo had like a like a minor stroke when he had to when he saw that. <laughs> I, you know what? I hadn't even seen that. I w- I had walked away from my phone. I was like in the kitchen or something like that. And I come back and I saw a notification, and I was like, "Oh, come on!" <laughs> for Calderon, like really for Calderon. Um, I didn't understand Orbel. I mean, I understood the Alanis thing because like. You know, you need to attack. If they're going to sit back, then you don't need three defenders exactly. or two defenders. Exactly. You, you can play with a, with a center back. And, and what he was doing was playing with a center back and a defensive midfield, defensive midfielder uh, to help him out. Um, I just, I mean, if you, if, you, if you ask me who I would have taken out at halftime, I would have taken out Piero and I would have put in Orbelin. I think that's um, what everybody, I think that's yeah. what everybody wanted to do. Um. Just because, I mean, Piero hadn't done anything to that point either. I mean, let's not pick yeah. up man of the match. And, exactly. I would say, Piero was, I mean, obviously after the game, he was the hero. But in the first half, he he didn't he really, really didn't do anything. Of of the attackers, Polito probably had the best first half. Yeah. he was Polito was the only one doing anything. I mean, Piero was just crashing into people all, every, every time he got the ball. Um and so I mean, I just I was surprised by by those particular substitutions. But again, Almeida knows everything. Yeah, and, and uh, Almeida we trust. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's a Calderon still didn't do anything to be honest. But I mean that's neither here nor there. Uh, uh, but yeah, the he had a hockey assist. <laughs> <laughs> so they come out and, but I mean. They came out of the half with the, after the substitutions, and I mean, you saw, you saw, you definitely saw there was a, a change in the pace with Orbelin coming on. He definitely provided that, yeah, one change of, of speed. One of his first runs was um, basically from our our um, 
got that box and then pretty much into the other the other goalie into um Campesini's Campesini's goal. Yeah, we got like on the left wing. Yeah, we got a corner kick out of it, but right there yeah. you saw like this is why you put Orvelin in the game, like because he can make these runs. Yeah, I mean, I mean, his the effects of him coming on were felt immediately, and but even 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 though like he came on like the first five ten minutes, like Florida was still very organized in in the back, you know, with the five back line, four in the middle, just playing one up top, and then. I mean, Fierro had three strokes of brilliance in this game. Then the Fierro, then the Carlos Fierro and, and, show and, and, and that first one, he, come, he comes on and he make, he's playing on the left, on the right, and he makes that that cross to Pulido, and Pulido kind of just like stumbles into that goal, uh, which was, it was a great goal. He was, like, he, was, like, stum- he was like stumbling the whole run, <laughs> and then like just as the goalie's coming out, kind of just like tips it right over him. Gave him that little yeah. chip, yeah. It yeah, was, that little chip was great. It was like what I loved about the goal. I mean, not not just the goal, but like Pulido's reaction afterwards. Like he was like, like you know, like he was like really like feeling it. Like yeah, it was almost like he was he was almost like pissed. Like all right, you want to play six men in the back? All right, all right, yeah. got you. <laughs> like he was like basically like let's effing go. Like yeah, like. If you if you he, read his you list, can tell he you, you can tell he felt <laughs> passionate about that goal. Yeah, if you, and that's something if you, that's something you want to see about a player that you are, you know that that you purchased a year ago and and isn't like a, yeah and isn't a, a a player from your your youth your youth team. You want to see that he fucking is ready to give his all for the for La Playera. Um, so I I definitely I like that about that how way he celebrated that goal afterwards. Yeah, and his effort was there the entire game, even the first half. You know, it was a bad first half for just about everyone, but Polito's effort was there. He was making great runs. He was trying everything he could. Yeah, in that first half. No, he's definitely he's definitely coming on. Like, like he, I think in the beginning of the season he was a little bit like like he was just warming up, but like I think he's definitely coming on goal scoring wise and just play wise. It's getting a lot better. The chemistry is getting better with the rest of the team. And then, so then we scored that goal, and I felt like, what about panic? Yeah, that's when the, the whole momentum of the game switched, and like we even, even tweeted like, it out. It's um, you know, the Polito goal. It woke up the team. It, it was a different Chivas team. Cause like to me, like, I still like, I'm, I'm still like the pessimist. Even when we're down two one, I'm like, <laughs> like what been... Puebla's been parking the bus the whole game. What's gonna What's gonna be different after Chivas scores one goal? They're just gonna sit there and park the bus again completely. But it seemed like Puebla completely changed their tactics after Chivas scores a goal, and they're no longer parking the bus. They're actually trying to play the ball out, and it's allowing a lot more space for the team. You're seeing a lot more run. Like Chivas was just attacking on the right side. Like you were seeing the runs from from Fierro the whole fucking uh, the whole the whole. Second half of the of the game, yeah, I was, I was um, telling Flo, Fierro was basically our offense the whole second half, which was yeah, he, I'm surprising because I didn't expect, I didn't think Fierro could step up and be the offense for the team. I think I think 
Almeida saw a weakness on that on that side of the defense that could be exploited through speed on the right wing. Yeah, yeah. Because see, Cho- like, like, like we've spoken in the last podcast, Chucky's game is not speed. No, he's, he's gonna be you with, with with his dribbling. Yeah, uh, which is gonna like make you you know mistime your runs and stuff like that. And but with Fierro, is Fierro's just gonna give you like that those bursts of energy and speed. It, I mean, it looked like Fierro never ran out of energy the whole the whole game. Um, but, uh, um, it's, it, I, it felt like I made a saw something there because when he, when he switched him over in the first half, it, it had to be for that. It had to be for Fierro to provide his speed. And then in the second half, it was evident, like the, the ball was running through that side of the field, uh, for most of the attacks. Mm-hmm. All right. And then, but, so before yeah. the Fierro, the second goal, Gaido gets sent off. Yeah. Of a the, hand of, the hand of God, Gallito of God. <laughs> the hand of Gallo. Um, <laughs> I don't even know why he put his hand up, to be honest. Like, just let that ball go. There's guys there behind you. Yeah, he had Salcido back there still. I, I, but it was it was Garnelo that was going to get the ball, and I don't know if he want, he'd be trusted Salcido. Yeah. Garnelo had been burning him. everybody. Yeah. I just it just sucks because it just sucks because um, like we're gonna miss him on Tuesday. Yeah, we're gonna miss um, him against Tigres. Because that was his second yellow. Because it goes back to that initial yellow that he got in the first half, which is a dumb yellow. And I got they, I mean, they were both dumb yellows. I mean, obviously this one could have prevented a goal. Uh, essentially, had he let the, let it go through, and it was just Sacido one on one. Um. But it just felt like a, it felt like a dumb like a dumb yellow card. Yeah, at that point, I mean, we had a rest. It took probably at least a minute and a half for him to give it to him. After after it initially happened, it looked like the referee wasn't even going to do anything, and everybody on the sideline was going crazy, and all the players in the field were going crazy. And then about a minute and a half later, he just like, oh, here goes another yellow, and the red, you're off. It was weird. Not saying it was a bad call, but it was. Yeah, I don't really think it was a bad call. Thing. It just it took him forever to make it. No, it was it was and, it was a justified yellow. Yeah, can't was, argue that. I felt like if if Puebla hadn't argued so much, they wouldn't have given it given it to him. I agree. So so now we're down, man. And we're down a goal. And I don't know about you guys, but I was... Yeah. It just seemed like, okay. At this point, I thought, all right, all this momentum that we had and Puebla starting to play a little different and not parking the bus as much, at this point, it was just like, okay, now we're just going to be dead in the water and they're just going to park everybody back and we're not going to do anything the rest of the game. This is the way I felt. I mean, that would have been the smart thing for Puebla to do. If I'm Puebla, I park everybody back there. She was just down, man. They have to try and score another goal. Just catch him on a counterattack. But it didn't felt it didn't feel like Puebla did that. It felt like Puebla continued to try and play, try to you know try to move the ball forward. Yeah, and, almost like they wanted to take advantage of yeah us having a man down, even though they had the lead. <laughs> 
And when we attacked after after we were down a man, we attacked a lot. Still up that right up that right flank. Yeah. Um, Every time it was just give the ball to Fierro on that right yeah. wing and see what he can do. Until Fierro got fouled. Yeah, that's the um, funny thing. Um, Adrian Cortez for Puebla picked up a yellow at the sixty seventh minute, and then what is it, six minutes later he picks up his second yellow for a foul on Fierro. And then a minute after that, the seventy fourth, Fierro has that run down the down the wing. He tries to put in the cross for Cello. Saldiva? Yeah. Yeah. Try to put it in for Cello and the Puebla defender own goal. Own goal on Centurion. And all of a sudden we're like, you know, back right where we started. So now it's two two. What are you guys thinking? You guys thinking we're we're gonna win this game? Oh yeah. With yeah. Not the old Chivas fan in me wouldn't. I, I, I mean, I, I, I would have figured lose on the counter, but at this point, when we tied it, I, we had all the momentum. We had everything going our way. I thought. Yeah, we at that point, it. that's what I thought as well. We had all the momentum, and now we weren't playing down, man. And Puebla just like I, like you mentioned, Puebla just seemed to be panicked the entire second half after that Bolito goal. In my mind, I thought we were gonna win the game. I was still very, I was still very skeptical. To be honest, so that's just thirty-two years of Chivas letting me down constantly, <laughs> um, and uh, I, I I thought I was like, we're gonna pull a draw. I was like, yeah, if it's a draw, I'm gonna be disappointed. I was like, this is it was like it's ridiculous that we went down two zero with twelve out then, and then it's ridiculous that we're gonna draw at home. So I was still kind of skeptical. Um, but I mean, we were still we were still pouring it on on Butler's side. Um, but then, like, I just I I was surprised by the by the final goal. To be honest, yeah, I didn't even see it coming. I I, I was watching it and like the the camera angles weren't that great, but I had seen that Fierro ran past. Um, Campestrini and kind of he was leaning on the post. And the, Who shot that ball? Was it was it Aris? Somebody shoots the ball. Was it, well. Well, they tried yeah, to cross. They tried to cross it. Oh uh, yeah, I uh, thought it was a cross. It. They tried to cross it no, and place it in no, front of Pulido. It, oh, it was a cross, and and Campestrini comes out. He runs and catches and then, it, and then Fierro was running to the ball, so he just ran past him, and like I saw him just lean against the the post, and then. I, I kind of watched, for me personally, I watched that in slow motion. Because I saw Fierro just hanging there, and then I saw Campesini, and in my head I was just thinking, drop the ball, drop the ball. And then this guy dropped the freaking ball, and I'm like, I, I just like, that whole thing was in slow motion when Fierro came, steals the ball from behind him, and then starts dribbling, he has Campesini crawling, dribbling the ball. I thought he was going to miss. So, yeah, <laughs> so, like, I'm like, First of all, I think when he was still cut away from the play after he after after Fierro runs past him. Yeah, so like I look down crowd shot or something. and then I look up and the camera angles on Fierro with the ball. And he's like moving around Campesini and he has the open net and I'm like, shoot, 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 shoot. And I'm thinking he's I'm like, I'm like, this is Fierro, he's gonna he's gonna fucking miss this shit. And like I was I was incredulous up until the point of the ball going in. 
And that's when I like, got up off my couch and started yelling. But up, up until the ball, like, even when he kicked in, the defender was coming in. I'm like, he's going to deflect this out. Like, I was incredulous the whole time. And, th- I mean, that's just the Chivas fan that I am. Um, but, no, nah, that was a great play. I mean, he had something to do with all three goals that we scored in that second half. Yep, he had the assist to Pulido, the cross that turned into the own goal, and then the game winner. The game winner. And what a game winner it was. I think the cool the cool part about that, too, was um, the, way, the way they... <laughs> <laughs> Well, besides that, <laughs> the way that the way that they celebrated, like he ran, oh, yeah. he ran in front of the supporters and uh, celebrated it. But then you had the whole bench, like jump Everybody. over the, over the, uh, the lines and uh, just go yeah. and embrace Fierro. You had Pereira, I saw like, the uh, Salcido, I, was everybody. Gonna, I was gonna say I even saw the security in the crowd how they usually try to calm people down. Like oh, I saw yeah. a couple of them like throwing their arms up in the air like. Let's hear it. He was hyping up the so he, supporters. Yeah, even the security guards were hyping up the crowd. <laughs> oh yeah, it was it was crazy. You saw everybody run over. Um, and, and I think like I was I was, I was like I said I watched a lot of the post game and I was listening and like they were saying how like I think it was Borghetti who said like you could tell that Almeida has a good like has good relationship with all the players and and. Like, all the players understand their roles, and they, you know, they're not, like, egotistical or, or just making it about themselves because, you know, one player comes off and another player comes on, and you don't see, like, you know, there's jealousy or anything like that because you could tell when that goal was scored, everybody ran over. Like, normally when goals are scored, the guys that are playing are the ones that run over. And the guys on the bench kind of just chilling like, in the bench area, but like this was like the whole team just was just out there celebrating together. Yeah, as and a team. it's not it's not like it was they celebrated near the bench either. They celebrated yeah. all the way across the other side of the field. And it, yeah, that, I think it reflects how unified the locker room is. How yeah, how much the players believe in Almeida's system and the way he makes them play. No, I think yeah, I think it's it's. It's great that the team is playing like that. Um, it's great. I mean, it's great for Fierro. A little bit of like, you know, redemption for him. Who's he's had? A, he's had some very like tough times with the team. And I know like Igueta didn't want him on the team, uh, but Almeida did, and that's why he's there. And, and you know, he's proven his worth. Um, so I mean, I'm glad. He, I'm glad he had he had a great second half. Cause that first half was terrible, but. Uh, and if you always ask me, I'm always gonna say sub him out. But you know, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad he was kept on. Yeah. Uh, gave us gave us the super liderato for a few hours at least. Yeah, we're what two hours removed from the Toluca game, and they won one uh, nil yeah. over Pumas. Calavera had a great game for them, so we're back in second, but only behind by one point. Yeah, we don't want that pressure, anyways. <laughs> I want that curse. I just want, I just want to be able to have the, the second leg of of a league at the BA in Guadalajara. Yeah, you want, fin- you want to finish at home. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to have to go to other stadiums. Uh, but yeah, we're 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 one point behind Toluca. And. Uh, 
There's, no, there's only one game left. Yeah, only one game left for this for the weekend. That's Pachuca and Kereta and Santos. That should be a good game. Yeah, try to catch that after I go for a run. All right, so our next game, our next Chivas game is on Tuesday, like we mentioned before, Tuesday at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and we're going to go play Tigres for the makeup game during the referee strike. What do you guys think about that game? Um, I'll let Flo go. Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be a tough game, man. Um, I think we have to use so much energy, not only physical, but emotionally in this game. I know that a lot of times can drain you. Um, and I, I heard that Orberlin didn't start because he's trying to save some players for the Tuesday game. Um, which, you know, I guess makes sense to why maybe Orberlin didn't, didn't start. But I just, I just think that we're, it's going to, it's going to hit us on Tuesday, um, some point during that game where I think they're just going to hit a wall. I mean, I hope, I hope it doesn't happen, but that's, that's the main thing I'm worried about for Tuesday's game is, is just, um, you know, the stamina and physically, uh, keeping up for 90 minutes with, a against a team like Tigres. I, uh, I think that you don't think it's going to hurt us, him not being there. Uh, Michael Perez has, has done a good, he's been adequate when he's filled in. Um, but I think, you know, you, Benito's played, has, has played better aside from his two red cards this season. Uh, apparently, Orbelin has some sort of, like, strain. And that's why, and that's why he didn't play. He didn't play the whole game. They were, they were trying to like just prevent any further injuries, but he ended up needing him to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, I think that's something to watch. That that strain, whatever strain he has, uh, it's something to watch for. See if he can go ninety minutes versus Tigres. And although Tigres hasn't won in their last three games, like three Liga games. They're still a very dangerous team. They have, they have so much talent. Like, I mean, like you saw, I don't know if you guys watched any of that game against the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, but Kenyak just, like, out of nowhere, just like strike a brilliance from the, from the top of the box on the right-hand side. I mean, left-hand side puts the ball in the upper 90. Like, out of nowhere, uh, when they were blue 1-0. I feel like that's the kind of stuff that team has where – yeah, they haven't been playing at their best, and yeah, they haven't got the results that you would expect from them, especially being the defending champion. But I feel like they have the talent to pull off a surprise. And tactically, they're a really good team who play very organized to their coaches' uh, you know, likes. And I think it's going to be tough for us. And then, like like you mentioned, the the effort that we put into this game against Puebla was way more than we should have. Um, and um, I think that you know, that that hurts too. But yeah, it's, it's yeah, going to be it's going, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, when you go against theaters, you have the a different class of player almost, and uh. Guignac, Guignac the Big Mac and, and then against the 
white catch. You saw it. Yeah, I didn't watch the game, but I definitely saw highlights of that goal. It was a beautiful goal. Um, little finesse, upper 90, like you said. And, yeah, it looked like it was from out of nowhere. He was just at the top of the box, turned around. He's like, okay, let me take this shot. And it was perfect placement. Nothing nothing the Wildcats uh, keeper could do about it. And, yeah, you're right. When you play theaters, they have they have that ability to do that to you. Yeah, yeah I mean, and then they, they have the speed. They got they got, they got Jordan Dam. They got uh, Aquino. Uh, Are they all healthy? That. Uh, I'm not sure if they're all healthy. They also got the uh, the Chilean Eduardo Vargas. They got the Vargas. striker. Yeah, yeah. They're, they they might not they might not be clicking like in the, in in La Liga as, as as they should be, but they're a very dangerous team. Uh, and like I think a two zero, I, I I don't think Chivas overcomes a two zero deficit with a team like that. Like the way they're against Puebla, they're they're not gonna. They're not going to like become unorganized or panic when they're up when when you score a goal on them. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a, a tough game, and um, Tigres isn't playing to their potential. But I think I feel like historically, when Chivas plays Tigres, we don't have a good record against them. We don't. I feel like we haven't we haven't played well against them at all. Yeah, like I feel Especially like growing recently. up watching. When we play theaters, we we just kind of not always lose, but we don't play well and we lose. And this is going to be in in Monterrey, so you already know that the ambience and like the fans are going to be into that game. I mean, and considering considering we got Pachuca like following Saturday, I wouldn't I wouldn't be I wouldn't mind walking away from Monterrey with a with a draw. Yeah, I I take a draw away, especially like that crap. The that stadium is just so loud all the time. They have like yeah. one, they have one of the best stadiums crowds. to play at. The best crowds, yeah. Supporters are always jumping, singing, and it's always packed. Like you don't see an empty, you always, don't see an empty stadium. Both both Monterrey teams always have had. I mean, since I can't remember watching Liga MX, they've always had good crowds in their stadium. Uh, very very loyal, very loyal supporters. Yeah, definitely. All right, so let's you know we're going to go back to the, the these top five lists that we do, you know, just for fun. So uh, this week we're going to do a top five Chivas bust. So basically, players that came came to Chivas from other clubs, but were didn't they never managed to take off with the team. And that um, so I'll start at. Number five, we have uh, Omar Arellano. No, that was our honorable mention, Omar Arellano. Our number fifth is um, Angel Reina. And uh, he came from playing from America to Monterrey. I think he had Veracruz, and then he came to Chivas. He played for everybody. <laughs> yeah, he played for a lot of teams. But it seems like he, you know, he, has, he always had natural talent, but... His attitude was never. He, he never worked anywhere with his attitude. I feel like with him it was like a, it was like it was an ego thing, and it was a. It's it's more of a locker room thing. Like I feel like when he's on the field, he's talented, and he can create. But it just. 
feel like because of the stuff that happens outside of the of the game in the locker room, like he just doesn't put the effort towards the games. Um, but I always I, I always had high hopes for him on the national team, and he just never. Even when he was with America, I thought he was going to be like really good. I he just he never panned out. No, I think I remember when when Ramon Ramoncito Morales was like the interim coach. He commented on Reina. He said, you know, Reina doesn't. He doesn't want to run. Like he's like, you're not. Ne- you're never gonna be a good player if you don't want to run. And you know, if you got a guy like Ramon Morales criticizing you, you know, you know you're in the wrong. And he doesn't come out and criticize any anybody. You know, he keeps it himself. But again, yeah. he just wanted. Maybe he wanted to light a fire under him at the moment. But he didn't. You know, Ramon Morales is not gonna talk talk crap about you. But you know, Angel Reina never panned out for Chivas. Yeah. And the only thing I would add is he cost $6 million. <laughs> For $6 million, you're expecting to get more than one goal in 29 appearances, which is what he did for Chivas when he was um, on the on the club. And, and I think, like, we'll, like, we'll go through this. We're going through this list right now, this, this top five. And we'll go through, like, the prices that Chivas has paid. I feel like those prices that she was paying are inflated because it's Chivas. Yeah, and it's and always been want, an issue. It, it teams, it teams make them pay more for their players. Yeah, like yeah, I mean so that's that's like, true. A guy like Angel Reina cost Chivas six million, but it would have been any. Well, uh, some technical difficulties, guys, but um. Rigo, you were commenting on the inflation of players for Chivas. Can you just keep elaborating on that? Yeah, it's just like when teams sell. Like I was saying when teams sell players to Chivas, they just overvalue them. And Chivas, you know, unless they're bringing players in through their cantera, you know, it, you know, in order to bring in other talent, because we only play with Mexicans, we we have to purchase and. Teams know that, like they know that she was only can only purchase Mexican players, so they overvalue their players and and make us pay like these horrendous prices for guys that might not be worth that much. Uh, I think I was I was reading how they offered Pachuca offered Chucky for like twenty million to Chivas, and that's a lot of money for a guy who's mediocre on a national team, um, and. Uh, um, Six million dollars for Angel Reina, who had been bouncing around from team to team and had had really bad stints. Um, and it's just you know, it's because of who Chivas is, and you know the fact that we play with Mexican players. And as we go through this list of, of these this top five busts, I mean, we'll we'll see how much you know we've had to overpay for guys um, who aren't worth what the price point is. Yeah, and I think that's even more the case here recently than in the past. Um, it just seems like here recently, whenever we want to bring someone on, teams are just like, okay, we're going to sell them somewhere else. Oh, Chivas, oh, let's double the price. They'll pay it. <laughs> and it's like, at the same, like, like, I mean, I know I have, I've been asking for Chivas to bring in Refuerzo. Like, like, what's been happening now under Armada, I've been asking for that for a long time. Um, but I can see why in the past the front office was reluctant not to because they're pretty much getting jerked. Um, and if it doesn't pan out, then it makes the front office look bad. 
luckily, like in the, in the in the recently, there's been a lot a lot less busts that we that we've gotten, but there still has been one or two. But we can continue to go down the list of, of in the top five. Yeah. All right. So number four, we got um, Aaron Galindo, who started in Mexico, went to Europe, and then came back to Mexico when Chivas bought him. But he was also another uh, disappointment. You know, he never, he just came back and he never fit into the back line. He'd make mistakes. He would get injured. And then you know, just a bad signing overall. Flo, do you know how much we paid for, for him? Um, we actually put uh, one million for him. one million euros. So in dollars, it's probably a little bit more, probably like one point five or something. I guess that that, that price isn't so bad, yeah, especially yeah. for a guy, especially for a guy coming from Europe. And but yeah. also, you have to know that this was back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. So yeah. Back then, that was the most Chivas was playing for players by one, one, one point five, one around there. And plus, you also expect if a guy's coming from Europe, you expect him to still have some sort of, still have, still have a pretty high level, even if you know his stint in Europe isn't the greatest. So yeah, that, I, I can definitely see why yeah. Rongalindo's on this list. I mean, yeah, you expect him to have, you know, something left, and especially at the time, he wasn't. And it's not like he was old or anything. Um, he was, I think he was like 26, 27. So that's the time when people should be in their prime. But unfortunately, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so move on to the next bus. Uh, number three, we got Miguel Sabat, who started with Chivas. And then he ventured off to Cruz Azul, Morelia. And then came back to Chivas, kind of in like a package deal with uh, Rafa Marquez Lugo. But Rafa Marquez is definitely not on this list. We got Miguel Sabah. You guys' thoughts? You know, I was, when he left the first time, I was happy. Cause I, thought, I thought he was a bust completely, like just from inception. I remember when he, when he started with the team. And he just he wasn't good and he wasn't working out, and I thought he was a bust. And then he goes to Cruz Azul and starts lighting it up, and then he leaves to Morelia and he's lighting it up even more. So I was like, "What the f? Like, what, what the hell's going on?" Um, and then he comes back and he just gives us nothing. Maybe like, like me and you discussed the other day. I don't know. There's there's guys that les queda grande la camiseta, yeah, and la chivas camiseta. Is definitely, I think, a, a yeah, big to load to carry. It's a big load to carry. carry. Yeah. yeah. So look, yeah. If you look at his at his stats, right? In two, from two thousand to two thousand five, he was with Chivas, uh, eighty six games, eighteen goals. It's, it's all right, but then, like we said, he goes to Cruz Azul, plays for them for two years, one hundred four games, forty two goals. And then 2009 to 2012 for Morelia, 132 games and 64 goals. And then that's when we bring him back. He plays 25 games and he scores a whopping three goals. Yeah, I just feel like it's probably the whole, the whole, 
he's just not a Chivas player. Like the player that can there. He can. There isn't. There isn't as much pressure to go play to, to go score goals on Cruz Azul and Morelia. I mean, there is pressure because those teams have loyal fan bases and historically are decent teams, but it's not like playing on Chivas. I think the only teams in Mexico that rival Chivas as far as pressure is America and the Selección. Yeah, those are the two. Those team, those are the clubs that seem to sign people and players just they, don't pan they, out. They don't pan out there. Yeah, they, I mean, it's... Yeah. Especially Liga MX is very similar to... I, 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 I relate things, I relate things to other things that I know, so it's very similar to the NFL, where you're in a win-now situation. Every week is win-now because you only play 17 weeks. Yeah. So, like, you have to prove yourself right away. There isn't, like, there isn't time for you, unless you are a player that's brought in through the system, through the youth system, there there, there isn't time for you to, you know, mess around and get acclimated. You have to do it quickly, for, especially, you know, with these teams. And, um, I mean, she was had like 10 coaches in like 10 seasons or maybe more. Yeah. More. Because, because you, because you just don't, they don't, you know, you, you, you need, you want results now. And it, it, it sucks because you want, you, you want to give these guys a chance to like develop and prove themselves. Cause I mean, 25 games isn't a lot to get acclimated to a system. But he probably had like two coaches in in between those twenty five games, and then the one coach might not like him, which is the other thing in Mexico. But somehow I never, somehow I never thought somehow I was going to work out to begin with on Chivas. And from his when he was when he first started, he didn't look good. Comes back, he did he didn't do anything. So he's number three on the on the bus list. All right, number two on the list. Is um player that's still active, Aldo the Negris, from uh, came in from Monterrey. At the time, you know, he was hyped up, but he just couldn't couldn't do it at Chivas, man. Hello, you got thoughts on uh, Aldo the Negris? Yeah, I mean, I remember when he came to Chivas, I was I was actually pretty excited. I mean, coming from Monterrey, he he did. He did very well over there. Um, it looks like we paid uh, five million dollars for him. Um, so, again, back in 2013, that's uh, quite a bit of money—five million dollars to pay for for a player. But at the time, you felt like, oh, this is a a player of great quality, someone that is going to be very good in the air for us, someone that's going to be able to finish. And it just it just didn't pan out. Um, I, I actually liked him at Monterrey, and I, like I said, I had high hopes for him at Chivas, but he he just couldn't do it. He played for what was it, maybe two or three seasons, and he scored seven goals the entire time he was there. So yeah, it definitely did not work out at Chivas. Yeah, yeah I, I I I agree. I uh, I had high hopes for him too, especially I think he came on with he was playing simultaneously with Rafa Marquez Lugo. And I think Angel Reina too, right? The, Am I missing? Yeah, no, I missing the, up the year? yeah, no, at the time, yeah, same, same year, yeah. Yeah, so 
I remember I was I, like I was expecting a lot. I'm like these guys all have the potential to, you know, provide a spark to this team that was like floundering. But no, they just it just it didn't seem like he was always injured. Um, he just never played enough. I feel like we didn't but, we didn't use him correctly either because I remember when he would play. You know, you got this big guy. You got the in the in the box. You know, give him some crosses, let him score how he's supposed to score, and we would always try to kind of like build up play with him and make him score with his feet, which you know he could do, but he doesn't. He'd rather much come and run, make runs in the box, and put headers into the back of the net. So maybe it was the way we played with him, but either way, fifty-one games, seven goals, X. For five million dollars, that's a bust. Yeah, that's four. Yeah, yeah. If you mention he's he's over six feet tall, he's taller than your average Mexican. So <laughs> maybe they're just not used to playing that way. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So um, number one on our list, and if every Chivas fan in the world doesn't agree with this, then I don't know what you guys saw. But number one on our list is uh, Gulit Benya. Flo, you wanna? How much did we pay for him? Uh, so we paid, the reported transfer fee is $8 million. $8 million for Gulit Benya. And he was here, what was it, a year and a half? A year? Somewhere, something like that. I think a year. Yeah, and he just, oh man, it, 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 the, you know, how we say, la playera le queda grande, you, you could see that pressure got to him right away. Like, this guy's first touch every time he played for us was trash. He had, like, that Zardes first touch, man. Like, he touched the ball, and, like, five feet away from him. And I would go back, like, look at him playing on Leon. And he would have, he had, like, these good touches. It's good, you know, he could dribble. But when he when he played for us, it just looked like he was scared out there. He, he didn't know what to do. The pressure was definitely getting to him. He, like, it, it's almost as if he wanted to perform so well that it got to him. And then when that got to him, it was just, the pressure was just too much, and he was just scared of messing up every time he was out there, is what I saw. Well, maybe, well, I remember his press conference when he left Leon, he was crying. Because he didn't like, want to leave? Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't even know if he wanted to play for us, actually. And, you know, sometimes Bruh. watching that, you think, like, this guy doesn't even want to play for us. What is he doing? He just I, him back. I think, it's a, I think it's a combination of a few things. I, I pretty much, I hated him much you can hate anybody um i just i think i thought it was a combination of everything i thought it was him not wanting to be on the team yeah it, he just didn't he just didn't he, he didn't want to be on chivas uh, i thought he wasn't a right fit for the system for our meta system and i mean this might this might Offensive people, but he was playing with a really bad striker in Omar Bravo. Oh yeah, Omar uh, uh, Bravo. I've always thought that Omar Bravo was, has never. Omar Bravo might be a leading goal scorer for Chivas, but to me, Omar Bravo stinks as a striker. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, um, but I just think that the combination of him not wanting to be there and then him not being a fit for the system. Because when I when I say I don't think he's a fit for the system, I say it because. And Meta's system is to play quick attacking football. It's a meticulous buildup, but it's it's still very quick. Yeah. And he just he just doesn't have the speed. 
and you could see it. Like he just he wasn't coming up with plays, uh, as in like building with the team. He was he would he would hold them back because he want he'd want the ball he'd want to stop it, you know, to wait and observe what was happening before he made his passes, and that was very slow. He had a really bad first touch. Um, so bad. <laughs> so 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 you would see it when when he would when he would come on and like trophies would come on in his place. The team just played a lot faster, and the attacks were a lot quicker. Um, and then I think, like I think my third point, like Omar Rawa playing in front of him just did not help because he was missing a lot of goals as well. Um, yeah. And then if you look at if you look at Guli being a stat line, I think like last season. One season he had eight goals, and it was really deceptive. It was I think, I think eight of those goals, maybe four of them were penalty kicks, and two others were a brace. So in the rest of the games, he only scored in an open play. He only scored two goals, uh, which wasn't good. Um, so I, I mean, one of them was like. I think, like a I think it's good riddance that he left. I think I wrote an article where I said good riddance. Uh, but yeah, it's good riddance that he left. And I, I think I think the first game of this season when he plays at Leon, he scored a goal too. Yeah, we still we still own him though, but Oh he's he's, he's there on loan? Yeah, yeah he's, he's at, he's, at on loan. he's only there on loan. We still I mean own who, him. who I mean how who the hell's gonna who the hell's gonna wanna pay eight million dollars for him? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody, man. And he's definitely not going to make it back onto the team. Yeah, and, and, I mean, he plays for Leon, but I don't think Leon's yeah. going to want to buy him back or buy yeah. him back for what you must pay. So that's a loss. Well, they listed everybody as transferable recently, I think. Leon. Who, Leon? Yeah, because they're in freaking bottom of the of the table. They've actually only lost one game, I think. Leon? Yeah. Was Leon or Santos? I'm sorry. Oh, have they made a... Okay, they made like a little comeback there. They're 14th now, but I remember earlier in the season they were, they were in the basement. Like people were panicking. You got Willie Payne playing. <laughs> nah, I'm sorry. It's Santos that has only lost once. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, he uh, he had a little stretch there where he was playing well, and I think you mentioned that all his goals came. Like by penalty and like they came real quick. He had seven of his eight goals within like I think it was like fifteen games or so. There was a little stretch, yeah, like, where he was playing well and everybody was like, okay, it's gonna turn around. But then it just like man, he was missing sitters. You know, he was missing penalties. He was missing everything. You know what I think? Two thousand Nigia, two thousand fifteen when we played America. Oh no! <laughs> I don't. I don't think he should have started those any of those games. But he starts those games and he misses the penalty kick in the first game. And I think after after that, like he just went like it was just over for him. He just never recovered from that missing that particular penalty kick because then he just had terrible games. And then he comes and plays. Uh, well, that was a what league, was it? That was a Liguilla game. I'm got... sorry. That was that, that. That was 2016. Yeah. Yeah, and we got knocked out. Apertura or Clausura? Clausura 2016, when we, the first time that we got eliminated by America in the playoffs recently. Yeah. Um, 
And then he goes into the next season, last season, and he just he was abysmal the whole season. Um, I just that's like when we, when we talked about last time about how um, you know Trophy was the super sub. Like I just never knew what Almeida saw in Guli to you know take the starting spot from 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 Trophies. Um, he saw he saw eight million dollars. That's what he saw. Yeah, no, that's I think it was pressure from the front office. Like you have to make this guy work. Like we paid all this money, you have to make it work. Um and I think that the first chance that they got to sell it to, you know, get him off the team. I also heard he had a drinking problem, but you know, you know how the Mexican media is that he had a drinking problem. He was having extramarital affairs and had like got like his side chick pregnant, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it was all that you know, affects a player. That was that was by the guy that feeding the media. Probably. <laughs> Get him off my squad. What's up? That club the quarter will stuff. I mean it, it pained me. Uh, I know I think I would have too. I was a big Golet fan before he came to Chivas. Um there's all those rumors of him possibly going to the Bundesliga and there on all of that. <laughs> Yeah, when he came to Chivas, it was just all bad. It was I, I wanted him to succeed so much, but yeah, it was it was bad. It did not work at all. Man, that that yeah. missed, that missed penalty against America. He he like, Gulit joined the this list I have of players that I'm never gonna forgive for not scoring. And oh my god, that that completely <laughs> killed us. That like demoralized us completely in that game. Flo Flo knows what list I'm talking about. Yeah, don't even but start at that I think, list. I think he, took, I think he took that number, that number one spot over, uh, over Andres Guardado. He stopped. But you know, Andres Guardado missed Conti versus who? No, no, this, is, no, this no. goes back to '06 against um, Argentina. Argentina, where he he made like this run in the box, and he refused to shoot with his right foot. But it, if it had been anywhere near on target, he would have scored. But he didn't shoot, and like since that day, I was just like, yeah. Guardado, you're on my list. Like, <laughs> yeah, Guardado was over here like single-handedly winning gold cups, and Water was like, "Fuck Guardado." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Chucky had a fucking hat trick the other day, and I'm like over here like, "Fuck Chucky." Um, I love Chucky. Don't 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 slander him. <laughs> um, nah, but I get it. I get it, Water. I get it. There's guys that like. Like, like, they do something one time, and it's, like, enough forever. But, yeah, I just... But, see, the penalty kick wasn't even, like... I mean, yeah, that was, it was bad. But I, you could just see the way he was playing. He just didn't fit the system a lot. Made it, like, it was, he kept slowing the plays down. It just... I think with another coach, it might have worked for Guli, but not with Almeida. Yeah, man, definitely. If you don't, but that's the thing, you know. If you don't fit Almeida's system now, that's it. You're off the team, or you're on the bench. He's not afraid to pull or you know sit or start anybody. One thing that is good is that they finally gave Almeida like like I was saying before about like how everything is win now. Nobody ever gets a chance to develop because oh, the pressure yeah. is so high because you need to win now. And they've definitely given Almeida that. They've given him the chance to develop his team and his style of play and stuff like that. Cause in the beginning, it was like draw, 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 loss, draw, 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 loss, loss. Um, it just wasn't clicking. 
Yeah, he got them out of that relegation zone. Remember that Puebla, the Puebla game with Chivas and Puebla, where it was basically you might get relegated if you lose this game. Yeah, that was like one of the best Chivas games I've ever watched, just because of the intensity and what was on the line. That was that was a great game. But all right, guys, let's uh, wrap up the episode. So we'll leave you with that. Uh, top five Chivas bus. If you guys have uh, any other names you want to throw on that list, you know, you can hit us up on Twitter at Chivas del Norte. And uh, guys, just uh, let them know where they can find you guys. Yeah, uh, you can find me at The Real Flow. Um, or you can find us at, at TCKFC if you want to see some golazos from our pro clips. <laughs> Not to be mistaken with Flow from Progressive Insurance, right? No, but I do get people. <laughs> I do get people all the time uh, hitting me up or mentioning me. I guess is the proper term. Thinking I'm a <laughs> thinking I'm flow rider. I even had uh, the Coca Cola from Mexico like tag me in like a couple of tweets, thinking I was flow rider. <laughs> I think being mentioned with flo- a flow rider instead of flow from progressive is probably worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't stand flow rider. <laughs> um. And you guys can find me on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, r.a.r.d.o.t.a.y.e. Uh, you can also find me at doing some writings, uh, some articles at uh, fmfstateofmind.com. All right. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore dos uno. And uh, we hope to be back. After the Tigres game, if not, definitely after the Pachuca game. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Peace. Peace. Peace.